0: Well, this morning we're going to be talking about still and silent. And when Kaylee was young, that was kind of our command every bedtime. You just need to lie still and silent. And the reason Lint, not talking, for five minutes, she'd be out like a light. But there were many a night that still and silent happened long after mom or dad, whoever was in bed, trying to like lay on her to keep her still were themselves still and silent and we can be like that can't we still and silent we're not good with either one I mean, there is so much information to take in. There are so many people to connect with. There are so many things to do. And what if you miss the important news? What if you miss that phone call? What if you leave out that important task? And so we rush through life and we fill all available white space until noise is inevitable. I want you to do a quick exercise as we start this morning, and I want you to grab a moment in your week. It has to be a regularly recurring moment. Maybe that's your commute to work. Maybe that's lunchtime. Maybe that's making dinner. You choose a moment as long as it happens frequently. Do you have one? People are still thinking. Okay. I want you to walk through that moment in your memory. And as you walk through it, I want you to count how many sounds you hear. You got it? When I was doing this exercise, regardless of what time of day I picked, I could hear no less than five distinct noises. Anybody hear less than five noises in their moment? Wow, Shana, good job. You do still in silent. Well, you're, you're dismissed. No, just joking. Our, our world is loud, isn't it? Our world is a very, very loud, and now there are a lot of noises that we can't do anything about. We can't do anything about the cars that drive by. We can't do anything about the barking dog next door. We can't discipline a crying baby. A lot of this noise is just inevitable. But as I was researching this sermon, I thought I found a little interesting thought. So I want you to go back to your moment. And I want you to think through what noise is intentional noise a conversation, turning on the radio, playing a loud game on your phone. What is intentional noise and what is unintentional noise? That dog barking, the cars that drive by, okay? Think through it. What this research said, and when I thought through it, I went, wow, this is true is how often we combat noise with noise. Did you see the correlation in your moment? We drown out environmental noise by turning on Spotify. We put white noise machines on to drown out spouses' snoring we talk a little bit louder so that we can be heard over the din of other conversations in a coffee shop, we are constantly combating noise with noise, and it is making this world very, very loud. And it's kind of inevitable in our world. Silence is abnormal. Silence is peculiar. Like when you go out, I know there are still... Noises in the woods, but when you go out and you get to a point where there's like no noise, doesn't it make you pause? Because silence is not the norm anymore. Noises. And that's just the reality of life, but we have this separate reality. We have this recurring theme going on and on through scripture of silence and stillness. And in a world where noise is normal, if we're going to embrace that, we're going to have to do it very intentionally. And if we have any chance of making something which is so foreign and opposite to the pattern of our norm reality, that we're going to have to do it often. We have to work it into the rhythm of our life. And yet when we choose to embrace which was once ordinary, because silence once was ordinary, there wasn't the hum of dishwashers. There weren't cars driving by outside. Silence was truly Ordinary. if we allow this renaissance or a resurgence of still and silent, then I believe we're going to find rest for our souls in the whispered voice of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are always speaking. And so this morning, God, would you speak, would you allow that, which is my own words, just to float away, but would you speak loud and clear, And God, as we just prepare our hearts to take a few moments to listen, God, would you give us peace for our souls? Would you strengthen us? Would you remind us of what's important? In your precious name, amen. And this morning, I want to just reframe still and silent for us because the noise that we need to take control over is both external and internal. It's both the noise that's without, the barking dogs and the music, and the voice within. We need a renaissance of still and silent, or as I will say over and over today, we need a renaissance of shush, shush. Now some of you who volunteered with Spring Break Camp last year know the meaning of shush, shush. For those that don't, I'm going to tell you Last year at Spring Break Camp, we realized that many of the Bible stories that we were learning, we had just told the year before. And so in an effort to not just repeat the same, we decided to show these three-minute clips, animated clips of the Bible stories. And we got to the story of Jesus calming the waves. And to all of our delight, Jesus did not stand up and look at the waves and say, Peace be still. Jesus stood up and looked at the waves and said, shush, shush. And it became kind of our fun little thing throughout the week of shush, shush. And yet, I think if we're really honest, this moment where Jesus stands in this boat and looks out at the storm and says, peace be still, is the metaphor of every life in this room. So turn with me there, Mark 4, 35 to 41 Mark 4:35 to 41. And if you don't have a Bible with you, and you don't have one on your phone, head over to myevangel.church/bible. Myevangel.church/bible, and we have all the links there to the app stores. But if you do have a Bible with you, you're going to be kind of looking about three quarters of the way through. Mark is the second book in the four Gospels, which is the very beginning of the New Testament. If you're looking through your index. Mark 4, 35 to 41. And that day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him, and a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. "'cause he's never afraid of our storms. "'And the disciples woke him up and said to him, "'Teacher, don't you care if we drown?' "'And he got up, rebuked the wind, "'and said to the waves, "'Shush, shush, quiet, be still. "'You might have peace, be still.' "'Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. "'I don't know about you,' but I kind of experience this almost every time I spend time with Jesus. Do you? You feel that beckoning of God saying, come away with me. Come, spend time with me. Come, pray, read your Bible. And the moment you step into the boat, for me, it's my favorite chair with a cup of coffee and my Bible. The moment I step in and I sit my butt down, the storm starts right? That's when the kids fight. That's when the phone rings. That's when the really, really loud, obnoxious truck that likes to like fishtail up our hill goes by. That's when I remember that really important thing that I was supposed to do and I forgot about. That's when the to-do list starts and no matter what I want to do, the storm is loud, And I'm in my boat in the middle of a storm. And it feels like it's already a waste of time. What do we do in that moment? Because we kind of have two options. Well, maybe three. We can give up. We can fight the storm on our own. And we just combat noise with noise. Or we can ask Jesus to stand in front of the storm and say, shush, shush. To breathe peace into the moment. To calm what's going on because friends, the storm is real and the storm does not want you in the presence of God. The storm does not want you to reach the other side where Jesus says come away with me. The storm is real. Keith Farron, he's a speaker who talks all about how um, just to dig into the Bible in really unique ways. When we talk about reading through whole chapters at a time, that's Keith Farron and he likens it to football and as you know we are a football family, not a hockey family. I don't like it, Sorry. But we really like football. And he likens reading your Bible to football. And he says, What happens in football is there's a ball, and there's the offensive line and the defensive line, right? And the offensive line's trying to score the touchdown. And what's the defensive line trying to do? Stop them. And who is the defensive line going to go after with the most intensity? The person who has the ball. Friends, when we sit down to spend time in the presence of God, you have just got the ball. Is it any wonder that the storm will rage then? Is it any wonder that the offense or the defensive line is going to attack then with intensity to distract you? No. Absolutely not. And so we need to ask God to stand up and say, shush, shush. We read Psalm 46.10 earlier, and I'm just going to flip over there because I want to read more than just that one verse. Sorry, I only put the one verse in my notes because I kind of thought we were reading more, and here we go. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her and she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall and he lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he's brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob, our fortress. And in the middle of the fray, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the fight, we can be frenzied we can combat noise with noise or we can be still and turn to the Lord God Almighty. Be still and know that I am God. He is the one who brings peace and ends chaos. He is mighty and able. Be still and know that I am God and I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Friends, the external is loud. And the external does not want you to spend time in the presence of God. But you have the calmer of the storm on your side. You have the Lord God Almighty with you. And he beckons you to come and sit at his feet, like Mary. To sit in stillness and watch him do what only he can do, still things. Jesus, the calmer of the storm. And I want you to think of this. Jesus is fighting for you, and not just for you. Do you get that? God is fighting for you for you and not just for you yes he fights our battles yes he works all things to good yes he does all of that but he's fighting for your heart he's fighting for time with you he's fighting for a relationship with you God is fighting for you and not just for you. So can we trust him to still the storms externally? But can we trust him to still the storms internally? I don't know about you, some of you might not, some of you might be silence as golden people. Who finds silence hard? Five of us will start a support group after. We have a running joke in our family that I can't make it seven minutes from the church to our door in silence because I actually can't. I do not do silence well. I don't know if that was always a thing, but for sure since being a mom, right? Like, give it five minutes, somebody's going to need me. And over time, there's this learned behavior of, I just don't do silence well. Now, I can sit in complete stillness, and you'd think that I'm doing silence well, but I'm not. Because in my head, I'm a year from today. In my head, I've got like the whole menu for the next two weeks planned out. In my head, I've thought through what I'm going to say in this conversation that's coming up in half an hour. In my head, there's no silence. There might be stillness, but there's no silence. And so while we ask Jesus to shush, shush the storm externally, I think that we have a much bigger fight on the noise of our own thoughts. In Psalm 62 verses 5 to 6 it says for God alone O my soul wait in silence for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation my fortress I will not be shaken. Now that phrase wait in silence is actually one word it's a word damam and it's not an external word, it's an internal word. Damam is motionless, rigid, being silent, ceasing, resting. It's an internally focused word. Not causing the world around us to still, but disciplining our very soul to cease. Our very mind to remain motionless, to rest. How do you do with silence? It's kind of uncomfortable, right? It's kind of awkward. And so in my times with Jesus, I'll sit and be like, okay, I'm going to be really still. I'll pray the prayer of Samuel. Speak, Lord, your servant's listening. God, I really want to hear your voice. I'm listening, whatever you want to say. Do you do the same thing? Like in your time of silence, you just end up filling it all with your own voice? Or I'll put on worship music because, you know, that will help. But then, like, even one of the songs, Mark, I was listening to your beautiful playing and, like, totally distracted because it was beautiful. And I fill this silence with something else. And I think that I'm just going to tame my thoughts by actually just combat the noise with more noise. And there's no silence there. There. Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And as I did this word study on this verse, the word wait there is the same word that would be used to expect what is due. And as I just pondered, I just kept coming back to the idea of a child waiting for grandma and grandpa to arrive. Have you ever watched a child wait for grandma and grandpa to arrive? It's amazing. You can have, like, the most hyper child in the world, but tell them grandma and grandpa are coming, they will sit at a window for hours and watch and wait in stillness and silence. Why? Because they're expecting what is due. Friends, can we be children again? Because what I'll do is sometimes I'll just rush through the silence and I'll say, well, maybe God just doesn't want to speak to me today. Nothing could be further from the truth. But are we willing to wait? Are we willing to expect? Are we willing to throw off the urge to force God into our timetable and in moms? wait in stillness and silence. We need to ask Jesus to shush, shush the external, but we need to ask him to shush, shush the internal too. We need to ask him to cultivate the self-control that he's promised us we have, to master our own thoughts, because we are promised that we can take captive every single one. Isaiah 26.3 says you will keep perfectly peaceful the one whose mind remains focused on you because he remains in you. And I thought, you know, how often do we know something here but to get it six inches south how often do I know what's going to be absolutely best for me? But when it comes time to do it and it's awkward and hard and the storm rages and the to-do list keeps checking up, I just say, well, I tried. And the six inches south is what needs to happen. That I know, that I know, that I know. You know what, friends? And we're going to do this in just a second. That... Even if I sit in the presence of God and I don't hear anything in my mind, like I don't hear words, do you know what God promises us? He promises us rest for our souls. He promises us strength for our souls. He promises us peace for our souls. Sometimes our mind is not what God's going to do. Sometimes he's going to focus on the deep work of strengthening our spirit. And is that enough? If nothing happens in my mind, can we trust that God's faithful to his word? And that when I wait in stillness and silence, he always meets me. Always. There's a quote by Emily Lay it says it's beautiful what can happen in that quiet space where we allow the body to still, the mind to still the heart to still. This is where God begins the wonderful work of rewiring our priorities and rewriting our lives. And we're going to do this. We are literally going to sit in silence in just a moment. It will be awkward And it will likely feel like an eternity. Just letting you know, that's your warning label right there. But I'm going to ask you to practice self-control. And I know that you have it because God's promised to give it to you. And I'm going to ask you to practice self-control in this. When it gets awkward and it will, when some funny noise happens and it will, when it's starting to feel too long for comfort and it will, I'm gonna ask you to practice the self-control of not elbowing your neighbor, of not giggling, of not giving up, of not checking your phone, of not drifting off and going through a to-do list in your head, I'm going to ask you to practice the self-control of stillness and silence, because friends, we can. I'm going to ask you to practice the self-control of not speak praying, of not filling this moment with your own voice, I'm going to ask you to practice the self control of just being in his presence and expecting what is due. But right before we go in, I want to tell you what I know of the voice of God because here's what happens in these moments. Number one, is that we just tell ourselves what we want to hear. Number two, the enemy starts speaking really loud. And three, the whisper of Jesus happens. And in case you don't know how to discern between those three, I want to help you for just one quick second. Here's what I know about the voice of God. The voice of God never contradicts the Bible, ever. Because the Bible is the voice of God. And so God's never going to say something that you couldn't find in Scripture. He's not going to say something that's counter to it. And so as you're listening, if God lays a verse on your heart, feel free to look it up. Feel free to spend time with the voice of God in your Bible. The second thing I know about the voice of God is it's always full of love and grace, friends. And as we prayed before, God, search me and know me and test me. You know what? Sometimes in these moments where I spend with God, he corrects me. He disciplines me because he's my father. But do you know what? That discipline, that correction is never condemnation. That discipline and correction is always full of love and grace. Always. Always. And so even if God speaks hard truths to you in this moment, because he might, it will always be full of his mercy and compassion and his unfailing love. God is always for us. So we're going to take a few moments. We're going to pray first, because we're going to ask God to speak to the storms externally. And to still the voices in our minds. God, we believe you are who you say you are in your word. And you said that you're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And so right now, would you speak peace, be still, into this room, I thank you for your presence here, which is peace. But God, would you also speak stillness and silence, damam, over our minds and our souls? Would you stir up self-control within us that we would wait in expectation of what is due. Would you make your voice louder and clearer to us than ever before so that we would be able to discern it when we go back to our noisy lives? So speak, Lord, your servant's listening. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what's better, and you will not be taken away from her. As you go through this week, may you choose that which is better. May you choose to sit at the feet of Jesus. So God, as we go about our week, I thank you that you fight for us. That you beckon us to come away with you, to spend time with you, because in your presence is all of the things that we're desperate for. And you know what's best for us, and that is only found with you. And so would you speak, Peace be still over the external storms of life. And God, would you speak peace, be still, when we are tempted to drown out your voice with our own. In your precious name, amen.